0: Ooh, it's noon. It's noon. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm going to start over at the youth in Witsad. Yeah, yeah, sounds yeah.
1: good. If you didn't uh, live here and you heard that, you'd be like, we're all going to die. Like,
0: <laughs> Right? Uh, Sorry, this podcast is now over. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we got to go. Just, uh, oh.
1: <laughs> it does get my nervous system a little, I'm not going to lie.
0: Really? Whenever it doesn't happen, I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) something's up. Hey, my name
1: is Robin Law, the creator and host of We're Out Here. I'm myself, I'm a small town queer. I did the thing and moved away in my 20s to a big city, then moved back to my hometown of Smithers, BC, on Wet'suwet'en territory during the pandemic. Work, life, and you know, the globe was in a total state of cognitive dissonance. There, I said it. We're Out Here is a podcast about growing up queer in the remote communities of northern BC. To be clear, we're not focusing exclusively on the hardships, though we don't shy away from them either, but rather the strange and unique experience of living in small towns as a queer person, our experiences, coping mechanisms, celebrating queer joy, and finding our community. I am Robin, and we're out here. First, the first thing to start with is I want to have you introduce yourself.
0: Uh, dini Zaku Zai Skaize, Sai Sazi Kayla Mitchell, Yehni Giltsehu, um, Sai Gidabden Cassia Yenta Westai, Smithers BC, uh, Sine Crystal Granky, Sabet Rodney Mitchell, Tini Meskabu, Helen Mitchell, Sates, Kenny Mitchell, Satsan Adele, Nito Taut Louise Granky, So just acknowledging the chiefs and children of the chiefs. My name is Kayla Mitchell. I come from the Luxiliu small frog clan. My house chief is Wataget Cecil Alfred. And my father clan is Giltsehu, the big frog clan from Unastoten. And my parents are Rodney Mitchell, Crystal Granke. And my grandparents are Meskabu, Helen Mitchell, Kenny Mitchell, Satsanateli, and then my Nito grandma is Louise Granke. Some of you may have known her. She used to own Louise's Kitchen, and she's Louise. So, <laughs> yeah, that's where I come from. And I was born and raised in Smithers. Here, born National Aboriginal Day at 4:20 p.m. Wow. <laughs> my my uncle he said they should have just called me Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. yeah so born and raised here my family is I'm a mixed ancestry so I on my mom's side I'm European and then in my dad's side I'm Witsotan. and so growing up in Smithers where my home community and my Batlats is in Witset provided me with a lot of unique perspectives into race and power and especially division in a town like Smithers. So layering that with my identities as an Indigenous queer person, my pronouns are she, her, and hers.
1: So some things I heard when you said you introduced yourself is, well, first of all, you use the term Indigenous queer, which I'd love to hear what that means. Um, Yeah.
0: So being an Indigenous queer person is being Indigenous and queer. And so I think that both of those things lend to my identity as a human and the way that I relate to the world. So the frame of thought, my healing process, my journey has all come from being Indigenous and of the land. And my land-based healing has got me to a place where I'm putting my own wellness first. And my own wellness also includes showing my own light. And my own light is also my queerness and the way that I am different from people and the way that I'm creative and I show up in spaces in a different way. I find that being indigiqueer is empowering to me and to, to be out in that way to show that indigiqueerness is there and it exists and that we have been here and looking towards our two spirit kin and, and the way that we are reclaiming those spaces and reclaiming those names and although our ancestors may not have used the term indigiqueer, I know in my heart and my spirit that our indigiqueer babies We're definitely highly revered and loved by our community, as all Skyze in Wet'suwet'en is called Children of the Chiefs, and Skyze has no gender, so we are all Children of the Chiefs.
1: So, that's a really beautiful description, and it just made me think of, too, I mean, in combination with, like, your Indigenous identity and heritage, and so there's, like, a decolonial element to it as well, in that, like, so much of the, like, baggage that surrounds queerness is colonized, like, thinking gender binary all that kind of stuff so it feels like also really tied in in terms of like like kind of unpacking those layers Mm -hmm. and I think like you know queerness too for me is like not just like who you date or who you're attracted to but it's like your way of looking at the world and thinking about things and kind of how you move through it as well Mm
0: -hmm. and I think that with indigenous community it's so ingrained the colonial ways that even our own internal thinkings, there's a lot of homophobia, transphobia, and internal racism and outward racism that happens in our community. And so even through these layers of identity, it still can feel isolating in our own decolonial sense. Or like my Indigenous community can also feel isolating in Mm. that there's a lack of understanding or openness to learn. And I think that that's from the layers of trauma that has come from colonialism and the way that we fear difference and we fear something that's not of the narrative of the binary and so disrupting those systems is kind of where I love to thrive and and thinking about how we can be more inclusive of differing identities and to come together to build better communities is where my heart lies Mm -hmm. is that good healing decolonial but also introducing ways to show up for our communities and and honor our identities, whatever that looks like, and to feel safe to show up in our identity. Growing up here as a white passing person, and I'm half white, so being in high school and amongst a lot of my peers, I guess we'll call them peers, but people that would make racist remarks to my cousins or the people that are on the streets in Smithers and to make rude remarks about them. I really internalize that racism to not be confident in or comfortable in my indigeneity. And so being able to step back and step into my culture and to be proud of it, has allowed me to step even deeper into being proud of who I am as a human and to honor my gifts. And some of my gifts include my indigiqueerness and my, yeah, like what you were just saying, Robin, is like it's about sh- how you show up in the world and, and your perspectives. And And I think that indigiqueerness has just enriched my life in so many ways that I don't hold shame for who I am. And I don't hold, yeah, I don't hold shame for who I am. And I'm really proud Of everybody that is stepping up and stepping out of their comfort zone to be there for their community whatever that looks like yeah bam 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 yes
1: so good and it's like I think that's such a lovely like just description or embodiment of how those two things are so intertwined and can like really just like expand beyond like you know our little brains my brain is like (laughs) like
0: yeah little
1: brains
0: (laughs) (laughs) no it really feels like the human experience is is super complex and I think that our sole purpose in life is to go through hard times together and to experience what it is like to come together through the hard times and and although we might feel marginalized and we might feel isolated in in our communities in the north where we don't see a lot of resources for queer community or indigenous community or marginalized folks that need those support services or community gatherings so it can feel a little bit isolating sometimes but i remember in high school i was actually going to sss their secondary school and perry rath was my art teacher and there was a gay straight alliance that was made at the school and at the time i didn't identify as queer but i was compelled to show up and compelled to be there in community and I knew in my heart at the time that I was indigiqueer but it wasn't something that I was comfortable sharing with my peers at the school or the people around me so I was there as an ally which quickly grew into my desire for social justice and to show up for people that have their voices taken from them so with that I explored, (laughs) I had a really hard high school mm. time and turned to drugs and alcohol and even in this own town like i remember there was times where i'd sleep in the business doorways and things like that because i didn't want to go home i wasn't allowed home if i was so if i wasn't sober so those type of things i look around this this town and i see so much of those experiences and i see so many of my cousins and my friends going through the similar things but through my culture and through finding my own identity i've been able to step out of that and step into what really makes me high is life like (laughs) it's it's really deadly living here where we can go on the river go snowboarding and and practice our culture go hunting go fishing like those things feed my spirit more than any substance could and I'm just really um proud to see where this community is going because there's people like yourself Robin that are bringing queer people together and trans people and people of all these different identities to have a collective voice of what does it look like right now and what could it look like Mm -hmm. and so I'm just really thankful for being invited to these spaces and there's such a great community and smithers of artists and and people that want to do better and want to be inclusive of Indigenous worldview and and sovereignty and to respect rights holders. So thinking about that, I'm just really excited for all of the cool events that are happening for Indigenous queer, or not just Indigenous queer people, but all of the events that are happening for community where we can come together, have fun. Like with COVID, it felt super isolating. And then now, coming out of it, it feels like we're ready to come back together and and do some cool things. So, really excited.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. so cool. It's so interesting, that, like, a lot of what you described of your high school experience is, like, also really relatable to me. Like, there's a lot of similarities in my growing up experience, and Perry Rath was such a good connector love that guy. Totally. <laughs> Shout out to Perry. Um, and similarly to what you're saying, like I, I also joined the Gay Straight Alliance and I was like, yeah, I'm an ally.
0: <laughs> and uh,
1: through that, that really opened my eyes up to like you're saying, kind of like ignited this passion for social justice and supporting people whose identities are marginalized. And like previous to that, because growing up as a white kid, in Smithers, like, you know, I have white parents, they work for the government, like, it's just a very, like, I went to a Catholic elementary school, like, so, I had a lot, right, and coming to the high school, like, frankly, when we were in high school, like, I, I, you know, think lots of things have improved now, but it was, like, honestly pretty segregated, like, you know, not officially, but, like, (laughs)
0: Yes, definitely. That was definitely
1: the attitude. And so, yeah, coming into that art room and into that space, it was sort of like, oh, like, one of the things that really clicked for me was, like, in terms of bridging was, like, we have these, like, connected experiences and similarities that are, like, really human Mm -hmm. and, like, relatable to all of us. And so, yeah, I've always kind of carried that around with me, too. And got to go back into the high school, actually, recently. I was, like, well, when I was in high school – like, my experience, and then, you know, coming into my queer identity, honestly, I had to leave town to feel comfortable enough to...
0: Me too. Right? Me too. Oh my gosh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: But then to be able to bring that back with me, like, I also feel like that's been really important, and I've talked to a few people on this podcast about that, because there are a lot of us that kind of grew up here in some capacity, and then we went away, and now we've come back, and for me, it was, like, really important to, like, bring that newfound strength in my queer identity back with me and not lose it because I think that's one of the like traps that can happen here is it's really easy to fall back into old patterns Mm -hmm. especially when you grew up here you know you talked about like substance use and stuff and that's really prevalent like all around us all the time it's so easy yeah um so like yeah coming back into this community with that strength and identity and just like passion for community engagement and sharing is like
0: yes and building that community i know i never really felt there was a community for me in smithers that i'd feel comfortable going to as indigiqueer person but then I was approached by some lovely people about Queer Boom, this artist residency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Robin. <laughs> that was such a beautiful experience. I was alongside some beautiful people that I think are also on this podcast, but they empowered us to create art and just exist as as queer people or whatever our identity is. And, and I thought that that was just so powerful because I seen myself in that group of people. I could see beautiful humans that accepted me for being me and like there wasn't I needed to be I wasn't queer enough or I wasn't good enough or I wasn't this enough and and that's the kind of narrative that I always have in my head is like this imposter syndrome of like "Mm, no you're not queer enough or "Mm, you're not indigenous enough Mm," you know just really second-guessing myself all the time and I think that the queer boom residency really kind of empowered me to be like no actually There is beautiful community that accept me for me, and they they don't ask more or less of me, and that's where I think a like queer community thrives is when we can show up authentically Mm -hmm. and just be ourselves and and know that we are loved and held by the collective is is what I would love to see, and I think that Smithers is well on the way to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: really all the good feels. (laughs) That's so cool. I love that that residency gave you that experience that was such an interesting little experiment I guess for people who don't know it was an online artist residency that we hosted during the pandemic and so even though it was online we did kind of try and focus it locally which I think was really great because like yeah even though we weren't in the same room I was like oh I know that like you're over there now and like this person's over there and yeah it was like such a lovely way to just show up and, like, be in the same space together, like, you know, it was obviously we were talking about art, and you were showing your, like, beautiful beading and earrings that you had made, and, like, it was just so delightful to just, like, hold space with other people and, like, you know, share our art, and, like, we didn't have to talk about, like, you know how queer we are in order to be there. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know. Like when, when the opportunity arose and, and I was like, Ooh, I'm not sure. Like, you know, I don't want to take up space. And like, that's a really big thing that I don't want to do is, is to take up space where other voices would or benefit from. So I was really hesitant to join. And then last minute I was like, okay, you know, if there is a spot, I'll take it. But, um, really, trying to also allow myself, give myself permission to show up in those spaces and accept the blessings that creator has to offer with these connections and things like that Mm to step into that and get into your uncomfortable zone. That's where the magic happens is when you're uncomfortable and you're meeting new people. It can be the hardest part is getting out of bed every day. Mm -hmm. But if you just show up for yourself, magic happens.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I have to admit, like, (laughs) it's funny you would think that you know being in your like your our hometown technically like it's one of the most comfortable places you could be but it's also like when I'm uncomfortable here I am like so uncomfortable so uncomfortable (laughs) yeah and it can be so hard but also yeah it is like the best growing that I've done really in a lot of ways um
0: it feels like we're always on display here almost like because we know a lot of people at least in my experience it's like Going to the grocery store can be hard. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just go at like nine thirty <laughs> before it closes, or totally. try to avoid people. You know, it's it's. I've got a lot of social anxiety for being a really social person, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate my alone time. And I think, yeah, it's 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 weird. Yeah. Growing up in Smithers, like seeing, like I'll be working with my teachers that I used to have in high school, and mm-hmm. it's like, it's like weird because it's like, I still feel like a baby. (laughs) But I'm like becoming an adult now. And it's well, I am 28. So I am an adult. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think like looking at the next generation, I'm just so proud of all of these little babies who are growing up and being confident in who they are and being comfortable to go into those spaces and not just as an ally, but as their queer, beautiful self. And I know that there's some youth in Witset that when I shared my experience and my identity, now it's like something that we can talk about every time Mm -hmm. I see them. But it's like, if there's anything that comes up with relationships or questions about our sexuality or how to stay well and harm reduction, Mm -hmm. um, those conversations are coming from just me sharing my identity. And so I think that there's a lot of power in finding yourself and finding that confidence, Mm -hmm. even in this fishbowl of a town to be who you are. I think that's where the magic is, is like, coming home it's so daunting to keep holding on to your queerness Mm because I lived in Vancouver and it was so awesome I well it wasn't for a while I was in an abusive relationship for six years but upon leaving that relationship I was able to find my own apartment downtown Vancouver just a block off of Davie and by the beach and I had this summer of just like an awakening of who i am and meeting new people and so holding on to that funness and that joy that i found in vancouver with my queer friends and um doing rallies and and advocating for indigenous and queer rights i think that holding on to that magic and bringing it home is what was really hard but it was really needed mm-hmm. and i think it's something that yeah is helping other people too By coming home and being strong for not only ourselves, but our little human selves.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there's so much healing of my little, like, queer child self that needs to happen still, but has also happened since leaving and then coming back. And, you know, it just strikes me. Like, I feel like like, I also was in Vancouver for a few years and, uh, you know, lots of ups and downs, but so much of finding myself in the community that was there. And, you know... I feel like a conversation that came up a lot in queer circles is this idea of representation, like we talk about it a lot in media of like we need to have queer representation and like indigenous representation in media, and that's like one thing to sort of hear it, I feel like, but then to like really experience that and like hearing about you talking about coming back here, sharing your experience with views like that is such a good example of that representation and like why it's so important why
0: it's important Mm -hmm. yeah like it's it's so needed and I think that at a local level, we don't see enough representation at our decision-making tables in mm-hmm. business or even allyship that's outward. We don't see a lot of, like there's a sticker on businesses, but I think that's about it that I've seen from some of them, but mm-hmm. I'll not not to knock any other businesses that are doing some really great anti-oppressive work, but I think we can all do better at lifting up our most vulnerable and creating safe spaces in the workplace or at home or just in our schools, wherever, healthcare system there's a lot of work to be done to create inclusive spaces but ultimately the work is so important because it allows for people to be healthy to live longer to not want to escape the world whatever means that is numbing or other Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah good so good so good stuff this shit is real
0: (laughs) (laughs) so real so real
1: oh wow yeah oh my gosh I just feel like, like gratitude right now.
0: I'm just like, oh, my God. Aww. thank you, Robin. <laughs> it's just, it's been really amazing getting to know you. And I remember you from childhood yeah. and like, you know, my friend was part of the dance group and you're a competitive oh, dancer yeah, too. Yeah. And so I remember seeing you, witnessing you through time and then to get to know you as adults, it's just so neat to like be alongside each other through life. But now our paths have crossed. And yeah. so I'm really happy that it's come to this where I'm on your podcast and I'm so proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> Aww, i'm so proud of you too and i
1: totally agree that's another thing i really loved about coming back here and it's like you know obviously a lot of it intersects with queer community because that's what i've been really seeking here but it's like oh just seeing people that yeah i grew up alongside i'm like i've seen you in the halls like you know? <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i see you at two sisters <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I want to ask you and don't feel pressured to share more than you want to, but I want to ask you about your new business that you started for yourself because I'm really excited about it. And I feel like the, like the things you've been talking about already about your identity and that intersectionality, like you're going to be bringing some of that Indigiqueer energy into this practice with your new business. I just wondered if you wanted to share a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, thank you for asking. I didn't really share at the beginning, but I'm currently a new business owner, Nabezdi's Tuck Consulting. So Nabezdi's Tuck means full circle. And so as a circle, it depends on each point for continuity. It depends on each other, on each side. And so when we look at full circle facilitation, we think about creating safer spaces for people of all identities to come together in decision making and education. So right now we're focusing on facilitating workshops to a variety of different audiences and they can be custom tailored to the needs of the organization or community that's requesting. But for now we have our Reconciling Relations Workshop. I'm really excited to roll that out next week. And then we've also got our Sai Yistai Gezut workshop which is my body is good so Mm. we're talking about consent we're talking about sexual wellness as well as harm reduction in ways that we can keep each other safe alka which is all together that one is my anti-oppressive workshop so supporting community in creating anti-oppressive policy or workspaces that really center indigenous ways of being and knowing but inviting in and creating safe spaces for varying identities. So anti-oppression and inclusion are really, I see important here in Smithers, and I'm hoping that Mm -hmm. some people are really interested in getting to know about the work that we do. You can find us on Facebook, or I have a website too, nabaisdstuck.com. It's a little bit hard to spell, but I will get Robin to put it into the caption
1: yeah yeah <laughs> in the notes for sure. <laughs> yeah that's so cool and I I'm just really really excited for all the opportunities that's gonna bring like not just to the community but like also other organizations it strikes me that like again I might not I might cut this from the podcast because yeah. I still work for the town <laughs> um, but yeah I've been working for the town for a while now municipal government sucks <laughs>
0: Right? Politics. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and it's really, it's like one of the most heteronormative colonial spaces that I've been in in this town, to be honest. Really um, stuffy
0: office vibes. Yeah,
1: and, you know, there's just so much that I see in that organization of, like, the entrenchment of the systems that they have in place, and it's like, you know, we talk about, like, changing systems a lot from within and that kind of thing, and it's like, I see why it's so difficult, because it is so, like, in order to get out of that system, you have to completely dismantle it and, like that's hard to do when you have like day-to-day operations and like
0: totally and thinking about deadlines and and thinking about power dynamics Mm -hmm. in the workplace like I think all of those things can lead to harm if it's Mm -hmm. not in check and so I think like through outside perspective sometimes we don't even know it if we're blind to it if we're part of it yeah so I think it's really great that we have like queer people in those spaces because then we can advocate for the need for that education and for that change and that reform mm-hmm. i'm currently seeing reform in, in an indigenous world and it's exciting but it can also be scary like we don't want to reinforce colonial practice and we don't want to reinforce power dynamics that aren't based on our on our our ways our views of the world which is more circular rather than like a triangle that's more higher hierarchical yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Terrible>. <laughs> oh, there was my big, big laugh. Cut that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. blew the speaker. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Like so, I mean, yeah. Like things like the town aside, but like also, like you know, I've been working for the concert association. Yeah. Like there are other organizations in this town that I feel like there's so much opportunity there for, like you know, like we're in the process of like designing HR policies right now, which is like, you know, okay, how are we gonna do this? You know, we have lots that we can go off of, like, systems that have been in place already. And then, like, those need to be unpacked. And, like, so in this place of, like, newness, there's a lot of opportunity, I feel like, for building new systems
0: Mm -hmm. in these
1: ways. And And I uh, think, like,
0: that opportunity, sorry to cut you off, it was, like... I just get really jazzed about yeah. this stuff. <laughs> and I think with that opportunity, it's about who's at the table helping with those decisions, mm-hmm. like the HR and what, what communities yeah. are represented at those tables when making decisions about mm-hmm. human resources mm-hmm. and how do we relate to one another in a good way. So it's just really exciting times for a lot of us. And I think with the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples Act that's in place in BC, all laws are going to be have to align with the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. So with that alignment, there's going to be more and more need for that policy change and Mm -hmm. that policy development. So Nimbais Tuck is trying to get ahead of the curve and supporting organizations to be transformative and responsive to that and in a timely way so cool right so rad
1: (laughs) i'm so excited um thank you so much for sharing that yeah we'll definitely put links in the description or wherever so people can find you so i just wanted to offer just anything else you wanted to share and i also have a question that i've been asking everyone the interview which is where do you find queer joy
0: (laughs) I find queer joy right here with you, Robin. I think in queer spaces where I can show up authentically and be comfortable in who I am, I think very much art spaces where I'm moving my body or if I'm doing something creative on the river. Mm. Shout out Miriam Colvin. (laughs) And I feel like it's all about my self-expression. Like wherever I can express myself in a safe way, Mm -hmm. that's my queer joy. And so I think creating beadwork, drumming and singing and dancing, existing here in smithers i find queer joy when i go against what the heteronormative rhetoric is in smithers because it's always been enforced on us and kind of like pushed down on us as kids of like this binary and all of these social rules that are fake and so but bursting through that and just existing and being artsy artisan artisan yes. <laughs> and and enjoying enjoying life yeah cool
1: that's amazing thank you so much kayla thank I you really appreciate you, mm, thank you. coming right. thanks to my guest kayla mitchell this podcast is presented by the Balkan Valley Concert Association and funded through the Canada Arts Council hosted by me robin and edited by pamela hassan big thanks to cick smithers community radio for recording support Maddie J for the theme song, and Carmen Redonante for collaborating with me on the artwork. Big thanks to CICK Smithers Community Radio for recording support.